BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. You're listening to Facing Evil, a production of iHeartRadio and Tenderfoot TV. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show and do not represent those of iHeartRadio or Tenderfoot TV. This podcast contains subject matter, which may not be suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Facing Evil. I'm Rasha Pecorero. And I'm Yvette Gentile, and I hope everyone had a fantastic holiday season. But now that we're back from our break, we have some updates to the show to share with you all. Yes, we sure do. We wanted to get closer to that mission of sharing other people's stories and finding the healing through those stories. And to do that, we decided to start featuring guests on the show every week. So going forward in each episode, we're going to talk with a guest that can shed light on the story and share their expert opinion or their own personal experiences. Exactly, Rasha. And it's going to be the core element of our show. And our producer, Trevor, will set up the context each week by walking us through the case details at the top of each episode before we dive in with our guest. Yes, so we hope you enjoy this new updated format. And we are incredibly excited to share some powerful interviews and stories with you. So today we're talking about a stalking case that led to a murder that I personally remember my sister telling me about when it happened. And it was such a shame because it seemed completely avoidable. Yeah, that's right. Sadly, I I knew about it when it was going on because it was very close to me. It was in Vancouver, Washington, just outside of Portland, Oregon. And I have a dear friend who was very close to the victim. And that victim was Tiffany Hill. And we are going to talk about how she was murdered by her estranged husband. You know, the the light, though, in this darkness about Tiffany's story is that there was some redemption that happened after her death because it led to the passage of a law that is aimed at stopping this from happening to anyone ever again. And we'll get to talk about that law with someone who was good friends with Tiffany and who was absolutely instrumental in getting it passed. Yes, and that good friend is one of my dearest friends, and I'm honored that she'll be with us today. But unfortunately, that law that she helped pass hasn't fixed everything. And we're going to get into why that's the case as well. It's just a compelling story altogether. 
So now our producer, Trevor, is going to take us through today's case. The pictures of Tiffany Hill may remind you she was a Marine, a mom to three kids. And Tiffany was the victim of domestic violence that ultimately took her life. This week, Tiffany Hill of Vancouver was laid to rest in her hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Her tragic death still surreal for her mother and three children. If she had been given two or three minutes to think about it before he showed up, or driven off. She was in her car. She could have driven off and maybe driven straight to the sheriff's office. Tiffany Hill was a young mother of three who was killed by her estranged husband in 2019. Tiffany had met her husband, Keelant Hill, while in the Marines. She had received a number of high honors in the military and was largely regarded as a warm and compassionate person. Tiffany was honorably discharged in 2008 and shortly thereafter married Keeland. And that's when the trouble began. Keeland was a regular abuser, prone to mental manipulation and physical violence. In 2016, the family moved to Vancouver, Washington. There, neighbors recall seeing police cars in front of their house regularly. One neighbor said he had a bad feeling about Keeland. He told a reporter, quote, he would just stare me down for some reason. He just had an eerie feeling to him, end quote. In September 2019, an incident occurred where Keelan threw Tiffany to the ground. One of the children had called a relative, and Tiffany tried to use Alexa to call 911, but Keelan had unplugged the device so that she couldn't. After this incident, Keelan was arrested and charged with fourth-degree assault, and Tiffany finally decided to leave him. She then obtained a no-contact order which barred Keeland from going within 250 feet of Tiffany or contacting her in person or over the phone. But then, Keelan attempted to purchase a bolt-action rifle from a Portland Walmart. He told the employee he wanted to, quote, take care of vermin on his property, end quote. Over the next few weeks, Keeland would appear at restaurants where Tiffany was taking her children. She called the police, and they found a tracking device affixed to her car. She told detectives, quote, I know he's going to kill me if he's not held accountable for his actions. I'm so scared for my life and my kids' lives, end quote. Keelan then went to jail, where a judge set bail at $250,000. Tiffany's lawyers asked to have the bail set to $2 million, but that request was denied, and Keelan was able to post bail. Four days later, when Tiffany was picking up her kids from school, Keeland approached the car and opened fire with a semi-automatic pistol, killing Tiffany and injuring her mother. He sped off and was chased by police before hitting afternoon traffic. He then got out of the car and shot and killed himself. Tiffany Hill had repeatedly warned the authorities of the danger she was in, and Keeland expressed to multiple people, including police, his intent to do harm. Despite this, he was somehow able to stalk Tiffany and obtain a gun. And so, who was Tiffany Hill? How was Keelan Hill able to stalk and kill Tiffany? And how has her case changed things, if at all, when it comes to intimate partner violence and stalking today? For our discussion today, I am incredibly honored to welcome a very good friend of mine to the show. And she is someone who was incredibly involved in the aftermath of Tiffany's case. And that person is Reen Sunby. Thank you very much. 
So Reen was the president of the PTA of Sarah J. Anderson Elementary School um, in Vancouver, Washington, when her daughter was at Anderson Elementary and two of Tiffany's children were there. And she was instrumental in passing the Tiffany Hill Act in 2021, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So for now, Ekomo Mai, welcome to Facing Evil, Reen. So honored to have you here and to, you know, just listen to you, um, share your story. We're very appreciative. Thank you. Okay, Reen, you know, as you're such a beautiful friend of mine, you know how much Yvette and I always want to focus on the victim, right? Because before they were a victim, they were a bright, shining light in all of our lives. And I know that Tiffany was for you. So can you tell our listeners, how did you know Tiffany? Tiffany was also on the PTA at Sarah J. Anderson. I probably, I think I met her in 2018, towards the end of that school year, where her oldest was going to a different school that year, she transferred her to Sarah J. Anderson in 19. So she could spend her last year at Anderson. So she became a lot more involved. Um, and right out of the shoot, sadly, um, that first PTA meeting we had in September is when she shared what was going on in her household with me. Mm. She had mm. actually suffered a concussion and had sent me a text message that she didn't think she'd be at our meeting because she had a concussion. And as naive as I was back then, um, my first response was, oh my gosh, were you in a car accident? Because mm. for me, a concussion is either sports or car accident. Um, you know, you have your your blinders on when your life is going well and healthy. So I right. had no idea that she could have possibly meant someone else had given it to her mm -hmm. and that she came to the meeting. And that night is when her best friend, Karina had told her, you need to tell her what's going on and you need to tell her right now. So that was the night she shared with me um, what had happened, what was going on in her life and how she was being abused. Wow. Mm. Can you tell us about Tiffany? You know, like, what was her personality? What was her energy like, you know, when, you know, she was in a, a happy place, you know, or having a great day? Like, what was that light like? Uh, it was, it literally was brighter than a star, oh. I mean, brighter than a planet. <laughs> she literally, it was as bright as the sun. She worked so hard in everything she did. Her kids' education was top priority. Her kids would come into the PTA room and her, one of her kiddos was in first grade and he would come in with a second or third grade workbook. She was a giver from her very sincerest heart. She would give everything she possibly could. Um, and, you know, we joke, she was the trifecta. She was Puerto Rican. She was from Brooklyn and she was in the Marines. So we would joke, nobody, nobody's messing with you. No one. So, and, and it just that endearing family quality and family to her wasn't just blood. It was her community. Her community was very important to her. Um, she loved doing all things for anyone at the school. She would bake constantly for the staff and everything was so good. 
Um, I finally didn't even think about it after she passed. I found her on Pinterest and followed her because I wanted some of her recipes. It's just, you know, all the things. Um, one of the moms at the school had later said, you know, Tiffany was what all of us wanted to be. And that was the hashtag mom goals. Like literally she, you wanted to be the mom that she was. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hey everyone, Trevor here. Just a quick producer note for you. There was some background noise in Reen's original environment that we had her recording in, so we decided to ask her to move locations. So from this point moving forward, you will notice that there is a slight change in her audio. So just wanted to let you know. Okay, so now back to the discussion. Did you ever yourself witness anything happen in front of you leading up to that horrific murder? I did not. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty empathetic, checking into feelings kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, I think I get a fairly good read on people when I first meet them. And I distinctly remember after everything happened and I was processing everything grief with the counselor that I had seen, I remember telling her, I can distinctly remember the first time I saw him in the PTA room. And I physically took a step backwards when I walked in mm. the room. You could feel that energy. Yeah. He was one of those people that, um, you know, I look back on it now and I can see the gaslighting you know, that he was doing. But it, it's this giant personality that's not real. So it comes off big, but you know that it's not genuine. Mm. Mm. And then before I knew what was happening in August, mm -hmm. we'd had a meeting at her house. And, you know, when you're in someone's house, you know, you feel welcome. But then sometimes when you're in other people's houses, you think, I feel like this person, like I'm a, a bother. 
Like I shouldn't be here. And I remember we were all eating. She had, of course, made a meal for all of us that I had asked the recipe for, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was so good. (laughs) And uh, I remember saying when he walked in, I really want to thank you for, you know, having us all in your home. I'm sure it's, you know, can be an inconvenience. And I don't know why I thought I should do that. Mm. But that was just my first reaction is we're, we're not welcome here. That's interesting because you you get that feeling, right? You get that intuitive knowing, you know, that we all have that something is just not right. Absolutely. You know, when Rasha and I were doing the story on Tiffany, there was something that really stood out. And it was that instant when the community came together and they made, you know, uh, a human shield protecting her from her husband. Estranged husband. Yeah. Were you there when he was? Yeah, I was. And what was that like? We walked out of a restaurant and I I glanced to my left and I my it's instant was, oh, is that Keeland? And then I thought, no, that's silly. He wouldn't be here. And then I looked again and he kind of smiled at me. And then I heard her say, oh, my God. And I knew instantly it was him. So she ran to the van with the kids and the other four of us just stood all in a line. And I just kept saying, he's not supposed to be here. He can't be here. And then one of the other um, members who actually worked for the Clark County Sheriff's Department immediately called 911. She had seen him when she got in her car. So it, you know, we were pretty fast acting, but it takes you by surprise. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, it's not what you're expecting for sure. Ooh, yeah, I, I, you know, remember you telling me that story. Um, if you could, Reen, I know that we we just passed the anniversary of Tiffany's murder. It was November 26th of 2019, which I'm sure for you feels like it was five minutes ago and five years ago at the same time. Absolutely. But... We would like to know from your point of view, what was November 26, 2019? What was that day like leading up to the murder from your point of view? Like what I, I, I would like to know what you went through and what you were feeling that day. It was um, it was almost it's not, it wasn't real. Um, unfortunately, I had the flu mm. and Karina had called me and said, there's a shooting at the school. Have you heard from Tiffany? Mm, mm, mm. And I said, no. And she said, I can't get her on her phone. And I said, let me, you know, let me find out. And I, I literally threw the phone down on my bed and I looked at my wife and I said, it's her. She's gone. I already know she's gone. Like without even knowing, um, I just knew he, because she'd said, I can't tell you how many times she had said he's going to kill me. Right. I can't, I will never escape him. He will find me and he will kill me. I know this is a this is a question, a tough question, but do you do you believe in your heart that this could have been avoided? I mean, if, you know, the police could have done more? I mean, what is your take on that? I think that the judicial system is where all of the blame lies for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clark County Sheriff and the Vancouver Police Department really honestly went above and beyond to help her and to try to protect her. They did absolutely everything they were supposed to do. Uh, She got a threat assessment done. 
when she went to interview, she had, again, showed them all of the messages that he was continuing to send her on a daily basis, which Mm. means he was breaking the no contact. So when he was still in jail waiting for his court date, thankfully, the day he was, we thought he was going to get out, I had put her and the kids in a hotel. I paid for a hotel for them Mm. to, so he would not know where they were at all. And the prosecuting attorney had taken all of those no contacts and added them in at his bail hearing. So he ended up in jail for another week or so. So wow. they did everything they possibly could do. To keep him to away. Keep him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, they they asked for no bail. They they asked for a million dollars worth of bail. Right, right, and apparently right. it's my understanding in the state of Washington, the only way to get no bail is if you murder someone first. <sighs> yeah, you have wow. to commit a capital offense first. So when they asked for a million... The judge said, no, 250000 which 25000 is a lot of money to a lot of us, but he had at least fifteen in the bank account and access to a 401k. Hmm. So for him, uh. making bail was not a problem. Um, it's my understanding, and I, I, I did not see it. I was only told by Karina that his coworkers, someone at his work started a GoFundMe. What? Are you kidding? No. Because- what? He had gaslighted them, right? He, right. Oh, he's he, an amazing guy. Jeez. He wouldn't do this. And Ooh. so a GoFundMe was started for him. Wow. I had no idea. Yep. Yeah, that's so awful to hear. But despite all of the darkness that is in this story, what I love about Tiffany's case and about her story is the light, right? And I think part of that light is how you and your friends and Senator Linda Wilson banded together to change the narrative. Can you tell us the story of what you did and what changes you made? Right after Tiffany had passed, Karina had contacted me and said, um, I gave your phone number to a senator. She's trying to pass a bill on domestic violence. Mm. And so then we had gotten a hold of Senator Wilson, who is amazing. She <laughs> she worked so hard on this bill for so many years and just couldn't get it passed. And she had asked us to come in and testify in front of the different committees to pass this bill through each committee. Uh, I think she finally had got it dialed in. You know, you you see bills come to legislature that you think, oh, I can't believe this isn't passing, but there's always little pieces that have to be uh, fine-tuned. And part of that is the cost. Who's going to cover the cost of this ankle monitor that she wanted to place on perpetrators? So Senator Wilson had contacted us. There was five of us that said, yep, absolutely, we'll testify. We'll tell her story. We tried to tell it through different eyes. So Karina's husband, Isaiah, through his eyes of having to be friends with Keeland, um, realizing once, you know, everything was out, now he has to keep that secret. He can't tell anyone what Keeland is telling him. He can't tell Keeland he knows because then Tiffany gets abused for that. So it's from his point of view and then... Melissa Nelson was actually her middle child's teacher. 
So that was from her point of view from a teacher at the school. And then we'd used my point of view with everything that I went through trying to hide her. And uh, my wife and I had gone to her house and changed locks. Um, Isaiah and Karina put up security cameras so that she would feel more comfortable. Little did we know that that actually made it worse. She was not sleeping because she was watching the camera all the time. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Serene, can you tell us exactly the Tiffany Hill, you know, bill? What is it? It is a act that Senator Wilson had passed through the Washington State Legislature that if a domestic abuser come to court, the judge can decide, I'm sure based on certain acts or, Mm -hmm. you know, in Tiffany's case, it would have been her um, lethality report that sadly decides how high the lethal chance is for you. Hmm. She was a 31 out of 40. Which is quite high, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Extreme, extreme danger, not just danger, but extreme danger. Uh, it allows the judge to put an ankle monitor on the abuser. Then the survivor downloads an app on their phone and they are notified if the abuser comes within a certain range of them. Hmm. So it would send them a, a live text message. So it's not based in one area. Say you lived three blocks from the school. It's not just based in that three block radius. It's based on wherever you are traveling. You would get notification that your abuser was near. Beautiful. Allowing you to contact the police if there was a no contact order. I know that it was, I don't know. I recall it being used in, I believe it was Chicago and then possibly in Australia. Oh. Mm. So I don't know that there were statistics of 
in certain amount of cases where someone's wearing the ankle monitor, you know, were there any deaths or how quickly were they then put back into the system? Because it also sends a notification to the sheriff mm. or the mm. city police department. I'm not sure which one letting them know that it not only will it tell the survivor, it will ping them. It actually pings that you were near the survivor. Do you think, though, that since the Tiffany Hill Act was passed, do you think that's helped more people? I hope so. I had recently read an article that the monitor actually wasn't being used as much as it could be. Oh. So I I feel like perhaps it's not as known as it mm. could be in the state of Washington. Yeah. Uh, I understand King County is using it. Oh, in Seattle. But- okay. Yeah, um, but I I don't know that a lot of the other counties are outside of Clark or King, just because maybe they don't know as much about it or who might pay for it. Like, how is this not nationwide? That's what I don't understand. Yep, I agree. Like, who do we need to talk to? (laughs) Like, really? Absolutely. Um, And I've actually had emailed last year, Senator Wilson, you know, do you have any senators, you state senators, you know, in Oregon that we could start working with to get this passed in Oregon and then move down to California mm-hmm. and start moving state by state until we can get a big enough voice to where it can get all the way to DC and it just becomes federal. Right. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, we'll How start beautiful. here in San Francisco. Yes. Yes. You know, let's, it's like it, we have to do it because there's too many There's too many. The percentage is too high. Absolutely. I remember hearing Senator Linda Wilson speak, I believe, in that TV show that you were all on together, Meet Mary Murder. And I remember her saying that, it, you know, if Tiffany had just been alerted maybe a few minutes by that ping to her cell phone from that ankle bracelet that he should have been wearing if this act had been enacted when she was alive. Yeah. That. She'd still be here today. Right. And and not just her, but, you know, like when you go to pick up your child, if someone else comes to pick up your child, they have to be on the list. So like if you were, you know, on the list, you know, for that, you know, vibration monitor or, you know, the other friends like to alert, you know, the community like you guys would have been there in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would love everyone to know who's going through this in their life. Keep telling someone, Mm -hmm. someone will listen. I guarantee you there will be someone in your life who you connect with that will move the sun and earth to help you and to get you out of the situation you're in. Uh, Just keep believing and just keep believing in yourself because you are a survivor. What you're going through is hell, but you've survived every day, every hour, every minute, every second. And you truly don't realize how strong you are, but the rest of us do. (laughs) So Mm. just keep believing in yourself because eventually we all will. I am honored to know you and to love you. And I am so thankful that you're in this world for the Tiffany's of the world and for all of us. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank you, Reen. I mean, this opportunity to be to continue to be Tiffany's voice. I, I just my heart is so big. <laughs> we see that. 
We see that and our listeners will hear that. (laughs) We are so honored to have you on Facing Evil. Thank you. In this week's message of hope and healing, we want to honor the parents at Sarah J. Anderson Elementary School who became Tiffany's friends. And then after her death, they tirelessly advocated for the passage of the Senate Bill 5149. This, of course, was a situation that none of them ever imagined themselves being in. But when their friend lost her life, they stepped up and they fought in her memory and her honor until the bill passed. That's right. And it was an exhausting fight. But Tiffany's friends were motivated to prevent this from ever happening again. And they demonstrated what we can do when we come together to make a difference. To the parents of Anderson Elementary, onward and upward, Imua. Imua. Well, that's our show for today. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's discussion and if there's a case you'd like for us to cover. Find us on social media or email us at facingevilpod at tenderfoot.tv. And one small request, if you haven't already, please find us on Apple Podcasts and give us a good rating and good review if you like what we do. Your support is always cherished. Until next time, aloha. Facing Evil is a production of iHeartRadio and Tenderfoot TV. The show is hosted by Rasha Pecorero and Yvette Gentile. Matt Frederick and Alex Williams are executive producers on behalf of iHeartRadio, with producers Trevor Young and Jesse Funk. Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay are executive producers on behalf of Tenderfoot TV, alongside producer Tracy Kaplan. Our researcher is Carolyn Talmadge. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. Find us on social media or email us at facingevilpod at tenderfoot.tv. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio or Tenderfoot TV, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.